Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry. I've got uh, Max and David here on a very normal, run-of-the-mill, nothing-is-different-or-new recording day. Um, uh, Yeah, so I'm snowed in. That's what's happening. I couldn't get to the office today. North Carolina has snow. It doesn't happen that often, but it's happening now. So, hence, I am in my kid's room. Hey, it's the only room I have where I wouldn't get interrupted. Yeah. Can I just can I just say how tight it is that you never buy your kid any DVDs, by the way? He looks like he has none whatsoever over there, so Well we'll, we'll, appeal out. Well David, just to tip my hand a little bit, uh, yeah, they're in the other room. <laughs> the Fair DVDs much. and Blu rays are all oh, in there okay. with the T V. Yeah. Yeah, we're not as wholesome as one would, you know, think based on that. So, yeah, okay. Go on. Uh, so, uh, guys, uh, it's a Monday again, and after a home game, we've got another smile. It's kind of great, kind of different. Again, uh, we just can't seem to get like back-to-back uh, results, though. Um, so, guys, uh, uh, either one of you got to go to the game? Is that right? I didn't David, yeah. did you? Yeah, I was working for it. So you, he was working as well, and I, uh, yeah. No, uh, no, no. I, I was acting. I was. Oh, you were game, actually so. there. Yeah. Really. Yeah. For once, I opted to send me to Goodson for a change instead of everywhere else. That's awesome. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. Very cool. Well, we're going to get into more of that in just a sec. Really quickly, let's. Let's uh, give a quick summary of the show for the pod people out there. Um, basically, uh, on today's podcast, you were going to have the Brighton reaction. Uh, then there's going to be some news about about Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah, he's got a, he's got some knee issues. We don't know what. We don't know how long. But we're going to talk about it. And uh, lastly, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the the Everton players that might be in the World Cup coming up this summer. All right. Um, yes, it's a World Cup segment where the the universe continues to pour salt in my wounds. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, Brighton reaction. Everton win. They don't lose. David, you were there. What was the atmosphere like? Uh, ironically, we were um, we were trialing some new data for the Premier League, and it was my role was actually to record the singing from upset to fans. Uh, I mean, naturally the away, the, um, the away team, their fans were a lot louder and a lot more frequent, but I, it wasn't too bad, I think. For the first hour, it was the classic good atmosphere this year, quite flat. Um, you know, difficult to get any songs going, but um, it felt like the last 30 minutes, you know, especially after the seconds, everyone started to enjoy themselves because they could, you know, take that that deep breath, you know, that we were getting the three points. Um, but yeah, we knew it was a big game beforehand, didn't we? And um, we've had a knack this year, no matter how bad we've been, of winning these kind of must-win games at home. You know, you think of Leicester, West Ham, um, and this was another one of them. And in all, it was a good win, I thought. Oh yeah. Um, 
it, it seemed less toxic from from the television, uh, which, uh, you know, I was hoping if any of my, my friends were going to be there, they wouldn't have to suffer through that again. Um, uh, so, Max, uh, what was your what were your initial thoughts? Well, uh, I thought just on the app, yeah, but it, it was great to see that banner that was put up on the gravity. Um, it's great to see that we're actually taking steps in trying to solve the atmosphere issue and you know it was nice to see something like that because it's very uncharacteristic of Everton you know we don't seem to be the type of team that brings out banners all the time and just just on that note that was nice to see in, in, in terms of the performance I must say I was quite shocked in how, in how Brighton set up um, I know we've got a fairly good record at home but I really would have thought that Brighton would have been, been more on the front foot and tried to, to go out of with pace um, but they, they, they seem to sit, sit back and cede the possession to us and let us play football and I must say with, with Baines and Coleman back in the side uh, we really do look like a new team that, that's not to say I'm getting too far ahead of myself because the, the main issue with carrying on after this is the consistency can we, can we carry this on into the away performances which has really been the issue so far this season um, but yeah something else is that we, we seem to have found another system that is actually viable with the, with the players that we've got we saw guilty playing that number 10 role that he's been wanting to play in and by all accounts had a very good game Tosin as well was absolutely fantastic I think he's cemented himself now as the um, the starting centre forward and his combination play with Baines for, for his goal was absolutely fantastic and yeah an all around really good day I mean uh, it was another game where we got uh, Jordan Pick would be tested quite a bit but I think we we kind of accepted that as the case with how fragile our defence really is. Um, better, better, better performance from the defence. I think the introduction of Jagielka really did help um, steady team. Steady team, sorry. Um, and I think Jags had a fantastic game. Um, but all around a, a good performance. Um, so you, you started getting into the differences between between last our last game against Burnley and this one. Um, I mean, clearly Baines was in. All right, he had a completely different dimension. That's that gives us somebody attacking on the left, coming up the left flank. All right, the com- combination play. Uh, that that run that Baines, Baines had to get that assist was so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, just combining and, and pushing forward, uh, and, and to to be able to see Tosin in the middle. Uh, it just it was, it was a really great play, and it, it showed us a lot. Uh, it showed all of us what we're missing. Right now, you know, uh, we've been missing. Um, I think Kuko, you know, I think he did his best. But now we see like what we could have been this season with a with a left back. We could have had that extra dimension. Um, so yeah. Uh, besides that, Jags came in looked good. You know. Um, also, uh, Justin Gay was not in, which I found interesting that we actually played all right without him. Yeah. Um, and I didn't feel, I felt like Rooney and Davies, neither one of them was particularly like all defensive. They complement each other really well, I thought. Mm-hmm. So it was, it, it was just kind of a, it was an interesting interplay. It was less of having, he, okay, you're going to focus more on just breaking up attack and getting rid of the ball. It was more like, hey, you do it one time, I'll do it this time. It, it, mm-hmm. worked, it worked really well, I thought, yeah. which I was a little surprised. I didn't think it was going to work that well. But it's, it's such a it's such a modern kind of um, 
thing, isn't it? Where where you it's almost like a necessity now that every team has to have a, a central midfielder sitting and trying to break up the play, defensive minded. I mean, why why can't we? The way we did on Saturday, mix it up, change change formation, change playing roles, and um, as you said, it worked really well. Thought everything from well to, on on Saturday. After seeing what 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 I saw. Is it a possibility that the uh, the old Belasi is coming back in terms of the confidence? Because that was the most confident I've seen him play this season since he's been back. It, it felt like it's a big game. Belasi, I think that's why he's brought to education a little bit. Because as, as you would expect, being a former Palace player, he's getting a lot of stick on the far side from the travel like facts. And it really seems to egg him on onto that next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when we got the first goal, you got the assistant. It, his first reaction was to turn to them and, you know, signal the shh, um, uh, bit naughty, but it's, it's okay when one of your players do it. It's just when the opposition do it, that kills you. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did, he did have a really good game. My only concern is it's just, it's not consistent enough. So it wouldn't surprise me if the next two or three games you wouldn't see anything near that level of performance. Um, but just, I was just going to say on that, um, the one thing that I was was impressed with with Balassi, it wasn't as if he, he showed promises to, to start and fizzled out. It was, you know, he, he had a few chances in, at the start of the game, and I mean, he put put one wide. I think he put two two wide even, but um, it was nice. It was almost as if he was finding his feet almost. It was in, so it wasn't inconsistent in patches like it has been in the past. It, it was all I'd say to that. So hopefully. Because you know, by the time he he, got, he he did eventually get took off, you know, he, he was kind of in full swing. I thought he was play, playing well at the time, and obviously he did um, get that assist for the first goal. So um, hopefully this is a sign of some consistency coming through. Yeah. Uh, previous games, uh, there was one game where I, I literally said that is one of the worst performances a player of ours has had this season, and it was recent. And when I saw he was starting, I was actually kind of down. You know, I was not really very happy about it. Um, but then I saw him taking some people on. Uh, and I like I, I like the fact that he was out hustling the people, you know, like uh, Shiloto, and that's his name, right? Uh, he was. I, I saw him out hustle Shiloto for a, a couple of balls, where Shiloto had just kind of given up. And the he kept going and kept it in. It was impressive to see that level of commitment and hustle. And But usually you get that out of him. Um but he looked, his final ball still looked like it was struggling. And the whole time I was sitting there thinking, that's what everybody says about you, man. That's what everybody says. You're, mm-hmm. do, you're doing exactly what they said you would do. What's the deal? Um, but he did grow into it. And you know what? Just one final ball that connects makes a huge mm-hmm. difference in the game. You know? It, it, what was that? I'm just pumped. Yeah. I agree. Uh, so, I mean, if he brings that kind of, you know, effort every every week, then it, it'll be nice. But I, I will, I do want to put up the caveat that we played Brighton, and we weren't playing Spurs, we weren't playing City or anybody like that. And you know, mm-hmm. so uh, I, I'm hesitating to get too carried away with all that. Um, but I think the reason I personally, I'm not getting carried away is I did fancy it before the game because when you look at our home form. Tony United who won here since since Koeman left um, in the league anyway um, so home form isn't an issue and I'm, I'm just getting a little bit frustrated now thinking you know when you look at Burnley who 
we're at one stage two points behind um, Arsenal this weekend in sixth. We could have quite easily broken to the top six this year, even with our bad start that we had, because we just needed to pick more points up away from home. Home form has been fantastic. If we can just pick more points away from home, we still could have had a relatively good year this year. Um, but we just that, that's the big one for me. So it's just that's why I'm not getting carried away. I think home, we, at home, you know, we're, we'll give anyone a game, but it's just away from home, which is shocking. It's been noticeably different, um, mm. and I, it's hard for me to chalk that up to players. It's really hard for me to do that. <laughs> you know, I, I I kind of feel like it's it's more of a more of a tactics a tactical approach that the mm. way we're going out. Uh, it's hard for me to say. Oh, the players. It's just in their mindset. I, I know. Yeah, I, it's been said. I, I, I just don't think that's it. I, I feel like every time we go away from home, we seem to to approach the game with some sort of underdog mentality. Where we kind of before the game, we almost give up the fact that the, the opposition going to have more possession, the the opposition is going to create more chances, and we seem like any result that we might get on the road is is going to be like some sort of smashing grab or one that we're going to be lucky to get. I think we need to again, and it comes back to a point that we bring up several times. It seems to be every podcast that the mentality of the players they need to. You know, we we need to to look at the away fixtures that we've got, and we need to say, right, which ones can we go into, boast in full confidence, and look like we can take the game through them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was actually kind of psyched because at one point they went two up front, or it looked mm-hmm. like they did, and that was the first time over the past three games where the other team went two at the front, and we we were able to handle it. You know, mm-hmm. we we conceded pretty quickly and our guys seemed overwhelmed in the past two games and I I can't help but the only thing I can chalk it up to despite the partnership now I know experienced inexperienced Jags does help however I also chalk it up to Baines being in in terms of us attacking and moving forward I think it was just a, just a total uh, philosophy shift where we, we seemed yeah. like we were trying to play attacking football and when you do that that puts less pressure on your center backs yeah, yeah. We didn't seem vulnerable either. I, I thought, you know, the full-back square position, the last favour up the pitch, we still felt relatively comfortable if Brighton did try, try and move the ball forward. And, you know, to both Baines and Coleman's credit, who were coming back from, you know, quite persistent... Well, in Baines's case, it's a persistent injury, and in Coleman's case, it's a very severe injury. The, you know, the, the physicality of them, the pace, the power to get back, to, to win the ball, to close down... Um, I just felt a lot more comfortable and confident with those two at fullback rather than who we who we've kind of the, the makeshift form fullbacks almost that we've had for the past few months. Agreed. Um, so uh, Tosin looked good. Uh, I'm feeling like he's a a solid every game starter at this point. I feel fine mm. with him starting every game. Yeah. Um, and I always, I always put up a possibility that he could find a way to get a one-touch goal. Or he's just so composed. Yeah, he, he. I mean, we could be going out on a limb because it's very early days. We are aware, but he looks to me like the guy we were looking for in the summer, and maybe when we were chasing Giroud. You know, he's he's got that target man kind of structure. You know, he's physical, but he's he's got clever feet as well. He plays some nice one-touch, two-touch football. He knows how to win a foul. You can pump the ball up and he'll battle for it. You know, he's he's a presence in the air as well. He hasn't got a lot of pace, so he, he's not the guy that you can kind of have run, run the down on the defence or run into the out to the um, 
down the line. But um, yeah, he looks like the guy that we are after. So it could look like we've got some true business there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw him get kind of outpaced to the to the corner by Shiloto one time, and I was like, you know what? What we didn't buy him to be no. a burner to outrun the defense. You no. know, yeah, I think he's he's quick, but maybe not necessarily fast. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's pretty quick over ten yards, which is sort of what you need for that hold up play yeah. and what you really need inside the box. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm psyched about him to be honest. And yeah. he seems psyched to be here. That's yeah. great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a big part of it. He's not talking about a move already, you know. Oh. Um so last thing, uh Davy Clawson got in. All right. Yeah. It was great to see him. I felt I was happy for him. You yeah. know, uh I, I, I don't necessarily feel like he, he set the world on fire when he was no. in, but it was he, it's almost like he did enough. You know? Yeah. He, yeah, I think for the for class, yeah. as Max said there, it was just about being back on that pitch. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to see him make a mistake, just do what he needed to do, just put in the short kind of last 10, 15 minutes in. But, oh, fantastic to see him on there. I was made up because... I, I've been getting grown, like growingly uh, frustrated with him not being involved because he was such a great player for Ajax, and hopefully he's on the way back in now, and we can start seeing him week in week out. Uh, yeah, I, I know uh, there were a lot of people on social media kind of knocking Davies' performance, which I was a little puzzled by because I didn't think he deserved that much. Flack, I thought he played he no, had a better sure. game than he did the previous. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, yeah, he he missed a few passes here or there, but and he didn't, you know, pull the trigger on a shot or two. But I still think he performed well. Yeah, defensively, you know? defensively I thought he he, he played quite yeah. well as well. I mean, mm-hmm. he intercepted the ball a good few times. He won a few tackles, and if he did find himself in a bit of a tricky situation, he found a way to draw and win the foul, which. I feel like in this this role where he's at the two with Rooney, I feel like you know he's got to kind of step back a bit in terms of being a creative outlet because of that defensive responsibility. But yeah, I don't, I don't feel like there was any just terms to, to criticise. Maybe yeah, I feel he had a really good game. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so guys, um, anything else? Anything else we want to hit on before we move on? No, just happy with the win. Oh yeah. All right, guys, so uh, I guess that's it for our Brighton reaction. It's a happy one. Hey, but we're not getting too carried away. Yeah, because we've learned not to do that. We need to talk about Gilfie Sigurdsson, but it's not a we need to talk about video. It's just that we need to talk about it because uh, I don't know if you were watching the game on Saturday, but at one point... He uh, went down with an injury, and it wasn't really that much of a contact-induced injury. He just sort of went went down, went down to the pitch, and uh, yeah, he went out of the game for a little while. But then he came back, and I think everybody was thinking, "Okay, he'll be all right. It, it's, it's nothing is nothing is effed here, man." Uh, but yeah, came out today through Icelandic sources that he might be out the rest of the season and potentially out for the World Cup. Now, having said that. Everton posted a, uh, a report, a statement, that said it could just be of several weeks. And he's going to mm. see a specialist today, and we're going to find out how long he potentially may be out. 
uh, until he sees after he sees that specialist. So we should be able to figure that out soon. So guys, um, we need to figure out who steps up now to fill his shoes, fill his boots. Uh, who will Sam use, and how does this affect our form moving forward? Okay, so uh, I think Max, do you want to do you want to step up on this one? Speaking as someone who's had um, several knee injuries in the past, I know I know how um, how dangerous is the word I'm going to how dangerous he can be. Yeah, that my thoughts as soon as I saw that he was injured is I'd, I'd rather him not play again for the season. For the, re, for the for the for the sake of the World Cup, I think I think Gilfie knows how much of an important player he is to us, and how much we we need him really as a creative outlet in the side. And I mean, we've we've said it several times over the last few weeks, particularly after those losses against um, Watford and Burnley. That I mean, uh, I don't think I don't think it's realistic to be aiming for seventh anymore after those losses. So, but to be honest, I feel the season's quite dead and. I know we'll discuss who we feel like should fill Gilfie's boots, but uh, to err on the side of caution, I really think it is probably safer if we don't play him again for the rest of the season, just so he makes that World Cup. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a kick in the balls, isn't it? Because, you know, with those first couple of months, everyone was thinking, well, why have we paid this for, for him? He's not doing it. The set pieces aren't up to scratch. He's not showing anything on the pitch he gets played left midfield anyway which doesn't help but you know the, say the last three maybe four months he's, he's just been one of our star players and you can see he just oozes quality doesn't he oozes class as well and you know his set pieces have been much better and he just brings something to the game he's, his creative spark and something that you know you two both banged on about I totally agree his work ethic has just been fantastic you know he's it feels as though he was a guy low on confidence and where others have shied away this season he decided that no I'm going to work my ass off to get back to where I was for Swansea and he's done that that's just a huge blow um, we will miss him which is a testament to him yeah I mean I'm going to agree with you guys uh, if there's any chance that he could make his knee worse by playing to where he would delay a start to the season for us mm. I wouldn't want him to do that and that's just being selfish now, add to the fact that I was sort of hoping to, you know, for Iceland to be one of the teams that I pull for during the World Cup because there's no U.S. and that's my cross to bear and sadness. But, uh, <laughs> but no, really, I was really looking forward to seeing him at the World Cup, and I was happy mm. for him because I don't know. You never know how many times a team, a country, is going to qualify for a World Cup during, when, it, when it's a smaller country. Mm. You know, you have no idea. So this could be like his a really big chance for him to be able to shine globally. Mm. And uh, for him, just for his sake, him as a person, I want him to get that opportunity. So really, if, if it's going to harm his chances at all, keep him off the pitch. You yeah. know, I want to win games just like just like all you guys do. But I can't go that far, you know. So um, having said that, um, I can really only see, you know, two players maybe stepping up into this particular situation. And uh, one of them actually got to play the other day in uh, David Clawson. Mm. Um, so I don't know if he would get the same Gilfie role or if he would drift back a little bit more, kind of in the role that Davies is doing. But mm. I, I think it, it may, he may try to make it a like-for-like thing. You know, knowing yeah. Sam, 
Yeah. I'll be honest, Jerry. I would. I'd like for like. I think it's perfect. You know, he's he's back in the setup now, so he's obviously doing something right in training yeah. in recent recent weeks. And let's just let's do a like for like and see what he can do. That that you know, predominantly that's what he was at Ajax anyway. So let's see if he can do it in the Premier League. And let's give him a no. Let's not give him half a game and throw him back out. Let's just give him maybe three or four games to really settle into the settle into the role and let's see what he can do. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I feel like Klassen is, it, it, you know, he, this is his due chance, I think. Mm. You know, obviously he's had a really difficult start since he's come to us, but now it's obviously showed that he is doing something right. I don't, I don't, personally, I don't think it's an exact like for like because I feel like Sigurdsson holds the ball up a lot better. I mean, particularly when he's been on the left, how many times you see him knock the ball about and, and manipulate it with his feet just to just yeah. to get players beyond the ball so he can find the pass. I feel like, you know, whoever's playing playing the deeper midfielder role the deeper midfield roles, whether that be Rooney, Gay, Davy, Schneider and even I feel like they might have to um be on the back foot a bit more because I feel like, you know, we've discussed it, Davy Classen seems to be a lot more of a one touch, two touch yeah. player. So I just feel like it's a matter of if Davy Classen <laughs> does play in that ten role it's going to be a. It's going to have to be a killer ball into him. And it's going to be up to you know. It will obviously be chosen, and you'll have the wingers running on either side. They're going to, there's going to have to be good movement ahead of them because I feel like you know, Klassen's got the vision and, and the ability to to find a man. It's just I think in, if Klassen does get put in that role, I think it's going to um, need a lot more effort from from other players really. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I definitely see exactly what you're saying. Because uh, Gilfie is usually not... Gilfie kind of likes to hold on to the ball for a while. You know, Clausen is very much just... He wants to keep the side ticking over. It's like he's what he's trained to do. Um, I trust Gilfie to be able to beat a man every once in a while. If it's not with his skill or speed, which is usually not as much, it's with... He's a, he's a bigger guy than I think he's given credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's odd that you've got a kind of a taller thin guy who's such a finesse player but also has some physicality it's, it's just, it, it creeps up on you you don't realize he's got it um, uh, having said that I think that uh, Clausen with some experience can handle it but I think there may be some rough going in the beginning yeah. uh, additionally not just not just Clausen though um, I do, although I do think Sam is going to give Clausen the, 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 uh, the chance but uh, Vlasic Nikola mm. Vlasic who, uh, from what I can tell from the Croatian sources and everything, they seem to think he's a 10, all right? He's not a winger, which, you know, when I've seen him play, I agree with that. Um, I, but I, I think right now he's not as in favor with Sam as Clausen is. And it seems yeah. like maybe he's kind of doing a little bit more pouting, maybe a little more complaining than Clausen is. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think if for some reason he doesn't seem to like Vlasic, um, he scored, didn't he? And what game did he score in the Europa League? Was it? Um, was it the Apollon game? Yeah, he really scored it in the uh, home. Didn't he score it? Yeah. So yeah, he scored at home, didn't he? Against who was it against? That was against Apollon Limassol. Yeah, Limassol. Um, and then yeah, he scored away. So. I don't know, he, he just doesn't seem to like him, does he? He doesn't get near the squad. Um, I just don't think he'll get a sniff. I don't think he trusts him. He, he recently talked, didn't he, about playing younger players and how they have to kind of wait and learn a lot more about the game. And I think he was basically putting Blasic in that group, so I don't think he's going to get a sniff. 
Yeah, I'm a little concerned right. that he's going to throw Schneiderlin in, as in on the bench, and then that makes him an, an option, which I yeah. don't really want. Yeah, I mean, I know we, again, we, we, saw, we saw Davies in this, in this deeper role against Brighton, but it wouldn't surprise me if get, now, obviously, with the injury, and if he doesn't feel like putting his face in classes, that, um, yeah, he just slots in next to Rooney, and Davies pushes further forward, or again, it goes back to the kind of 4-3-3 that we were playing. Mm. Um, but if we stick with the same system, and, and Davies is given the kind of behind the forward role, I feel like this would be um, a great chance for him to to you know get his stats up, get his goals, get his assists up, start you know start making waves again like he did when he did like he did when he burst on the scene with that goal against Man City. Um, but but in terms of Vlasic, yeah, um, quick feet can hold the ball up well. I can imagine him to win a lot of fouls in and around the box. So uh, yeah, I, you know there's, there's, there are options there and they've all got potential. Mm. Um, the possibility of Schneiderlin coming in, but however, I know Schneiderlin. I don't know if he's injured right now, but he was not on the bench. But you know who else was on the bench was Beningame, Beningame, however you want to say it. But he was on the bench, and I was psyched to see that. I was like, finally, Sam giving the guy a little credit because I think the kid is great. So if he if he if he chooses to do what you just said, Max, pull Davies, push Davies up a little more, he could easily throw Beningame in there uh, if Gay is still hurt. And if he's not, yeah. then you go Gay, Rooney, Davies, and you still got that little triangle going. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Uh, I think, it, so as far as how this affects our form going forward, um, I, I I think we may struggle a tiny bit at the beginning, but I don't think it affects it as much as I thought it would. You know I what think, I mean? I think, yeah, I think it depends on Sam's decision making. Know what does he want to do? I've got a funny. I know you're saying you've got a feeling it might um, almost promote Schneiderlin's status in the squad. I've got a feeling it might mean Dominic Calvert Lewin coming back in, mm. which um, you know, I'm a big fan of the lab, but I don't feel like it's what we should do if we want to kind of improve the, the, this attacking philosophy that we seem to be putting an emphasis on now. We've got two full backs back. Um, I feel like that might lead to more long balls, headers on from Calvert-Lewin for Tosin to run on to, and I don't feel like that's the type of football that Evertonians want to see Everton play. Right. So, mm, Yeah, I agree with that, actually. I think that's a fair point. I think he could potentially bring Calvert-Lewin back in, and I don't think Calvert-Lewin's really done enough recently. And But then again, he gets played out wide, which is an mm. issue, isn't it? Like, he is a striker, he should be playing up front, but... Um, I know we won the penalty and maybe that's going to be enough to give him a sniff uh, near the start of 11 again but for me I just think he's got a I'd pull him down the pecking order and work his way back up because I don't think he's done enough when he's had his chances alright guys so uh, anything else get well Gilfie yeah get well Gilfie because you're watching we know it alright huh. so uh so I guess that's it for our Gilfy out question mark for how long question mark segment. David and Max are here, and if you can see all of your screen, you're seeing uh, a tiny little head of a tiny little person, <laughs> and that's my kid. That's Bennett. All right. Uh, <laughs> and my brother's Turner. Yeah, and he's taking a nap right now, he's but he's not <laughs> actually taking a nap. Yeah, he's supposed to be taking a nap, but I guess. He knows what he's missing out on, I guess. <laughs> so, anyway, 
So we are we have to we have one more segment to do. So we're going to talk about the Everton players that uh, might be in the World Cup coming up this summer. All right. So yeah, uh, yeah. yay indeed. You're right. So, <laughs> so uh, guys, uh, let's start with the possible England inclusions, just because you know that's where you're from and stuff, and we have more of those than anything else. Um, I think the only definite inclusion is Pickford. Yeah. You know, I actually think there's a case for Pickford to be number one. I, I, I agree, and I would say that uh, Pickford, right now, Pickford would be my pick, and I'm not really being Everton biased. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, however, before the season, I would have said Keane is, 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 gonna, is getting in, you know? But uh, to be honest with you, I, he might have played his way right off the team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't take Keane personally. No, he, he hasn't. He hasn't played the that dominance or the assertion no. or, or the experience even of, of someone that, that should go to to a World Cup with England. I don't think. I, feel, I certainly feel like the you know there was there was a chance to be seized at the, at the start of the season for him, but you know given his performances, um, I just don't think it, he merits it now. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this totally reminds me of that video of uh, that politician sitting there giving an interview, uh, <laughs> and the little girl like, marches in. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> this is just the same, but you can't hear it because I'm using the headphones, okay? No, I'm not taking them out for the recording. So, other possible inclusions, uh, DCL, uh, there was a rumor that he might get a ticket, and he might... He might be put in there. Hard to say. I'd, I'd put him over Solanke, but I'm an Everton supporter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I actually do think he's got an outside chance because you know, he's played a lot of football, and when you look at the stats, they're not bad for the lad his age in the Premier League. So I do think he's got a chance. Next, here's one that I actually think should get a chance. I just don't know if he's going to. Uh, Walcott. I think with the way yeah. he's been playing this season for us since he's come over, I actually think he's pretty. He's a pretty electric player, and he could give you a nice, decent option off the bench. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but I wish it would. I I, I agree with that. I think he should go, but maybe I am biased. Yeah, because I think Arsenal wouldn't have said that. No, no, definitely, definitely not at Arsenal. But you know, the form that he's shown since coming to Everton definitely, definitely warrants him a, a place to the World Cup. It's just that kind of the FA England bias towards the top six clubs, and I don't feel like I'm too out of plan saying that. You know, I can, yeah. I can um, you know, I can see Marcus Rashford, I can see Oxley Chamberlain, I can see Adam Lallana, I can see all players like that getting in the team ahead of him. And yeah, well, think about it, Max. You're spot on, really. Ricky Lambert got a call because he was playing for Liverpool. Like, what? He shouldn't have got anywhere near the England team, really. Uh, didn't get sniffed at Southampton where he put in his best form. So, uh, I don't know. I heard a rumor that Glenn Murray actually might is being considered because of the form he's been in recently. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, as far as the strikers go, uh, all bets are off, and it could be anyone. Um, as far as the attacking players go, Walcott could get it. Um, I just haven't heard any rumors about him, which I have heard about DCL. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, then you got the possibility of Baines, Rooney, or Jags, but I don't know. I think out of all three of those, Baines is the only one that has a real slight possibility if he starts mm -hmm. playing well the rest of the season. But I'd say it's yeah. a low probability on all three of those. Yeah. 
So. I feel a little bit sorry for Baines because he's for me he's been England's best left back for many years, mm-hmm. um, and he, he's never really had a prolific run within England setup. He, he's featured in games, but like I remember Warnock going to a World Cup over them, and then I remember going but not playing too much, and I can't really think of him particularly playing at a major tournament for England unless I'm way off and you, you guys can I, I can't really remember them no it's a, I feel like it's been a really obscure era really for, for, for Everton Everton players involved in the England chat up really um, uh, it's kind of in those two prominent names Bain yeah. and Jagielka they've always kind of featured within the selected squad and not necessarily had a, 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 a guaranteed starting place Mm. And again, I think it comes full circle to the to the top six bias. But you know, if they don't get picked, you know, you've got to look at the bright side of things. You know, less less chance of injury and yeah. more chance they'll be fresher ahead of the season. Yeah. So uh, that I think that's pretty much it from our from our team. The possibilities for England, right? Can you think of any others? Yeah. Um, no one that has a chance. No. No. Um, so there's two that are injury dependent that will probably go if if uh, if they end up being healthy enough. Sigurdsson, um, we know for a fact he's one of Iceland's strongest player, if not if not the strongest player. Um, and also uh, Onyekuru for Nigeria, if if he ends up not needing surgery, if he ends up being healthy, uh, I think he'll get a call up and he'll he will play with them. So yeah. That, so that's good. Um, then there are two. Uh, we know that Senegal is going to call Idris Gay. We know that. Then there's the possibility of him, of Nias actually being on that plane to World Cup, which is wonderful because uh, <laughs> he recently got called up, and so he's playing in a yeah. in a friendly coming up, which is great. Um, that would be absolutely fantastic if Omar Nias is able to to get on the plane for the World Cup, and even if he, you know if he manages to score in one of the games. That'd be the biggest, you know, two fingers up to Koeman. <laughs> well, hey, ever. how how great would it be if he scored against? Oh no, they're not there, are they? That would have been. A uh, <laughs> I actually thought you were. That was really part of your windup. Actually, <laughs> I thought that was part of your windup. You were like, you were like, oh, how great! Well, oh, the Netherlands isn't even there. There you go. I thought that that was the case. <laughs> I knew what I was doing there. Yeah, John, just cut it that way. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> that's how it works. Um, so uh, one last one who's almost certainly going, uh, Funes Mori for Argentina, almost certainly going to be there. Um, when he's healthy, he's usually a starter for them. Um, yeah, they love him. <laughs> you know, I, I, don't, I don't think he makes maybe as many mistakes when he plays for them, but I mean, he just, it's just been a while since he's played. So. Yeah, I feel like it's quite a common theme with South American centre half in general. They, they t- seem to be very t- touch and go with the form and um, quite unpredictable in, in, in whether they're going to make a mistake. But yeah, he does seem to be quite the prominent name in the Argentinian setup, who I think will you know be going into this as, as you know they're always if not one of the favourites to, to win it. So it'd be nice if we had an um, an Everton player. That could come out of the, the World Cup with a medal should, should have been um, should have been shocked, shocked around Mustafi, but look what happened with him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I mean, that's another one who's probably going to get some time. Uh, 
Then there's a few of these that are maybes. Um, Nikola Vlasic with Croatia. I've heard the fact that he's not playing for us kind of puts him in jeopardy a bit. Um, I mean, he might not even get on the plane. It definitely puts in jeopardy whether or not he'll get playing time. Um, so for for his sake, I hope he gets to play some more for us the rest of the season. Maybe he ends up actually getting a little time for Croatia this uh, this summer. Um, who else? Uh, Schneiderlin's probably not for France. Probably not. Um, Morales is probably not for Belgium. And, uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Can you guys think of anybody else? Because that's that maybe... Because a lot of these teams are not, not in the World Cup. What about Czech Tolson? Uh, Turkey is not in. Oh. Yeah. Trust me, I, I was all psyched the idea of being able to see Jink Tolson and then, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's a bummer. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think, I believe that is it. If you are watching the video right now, thanks. Uh, if you're liking it, subscribe to us. We're over 540 now, uh, slowly climbing towards 600. That's a thing. We're getting there. Um, and the more the more subscribers we have, the better chances there are of us being able to continue this, which would be awesome. Um, so check out uh, check out Max's stuff on the Toffee Blues website. Check out uh, David's stuff both on the Sportsman and on the Toffee Blues website. And you know what? Just go to the Toffee Blues website. Lots of Everton analysis on there by these guys and by some other super smart guys. Very wise. Very wise people. Um, so, uh, yeah, check out the Talk Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And I don't have any more plugging to do. And somehow I managed to do this without my camera running out of battery. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's it. David, uh, you need to go do do your life thing. And I, Yeah. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks so much for for both of you, for Max, for David, for me. We'll see ya. Bye.